operations go, so just give me what you owe. Capitalists are the enemy, but we get treated like the villain. When prison is homicide, cause they making a killing. And war generates more loot, so that's why Bush is going off. Half cock like Joey Butterfuco, he don't care about jobs, it seems. So I gotta use my pen to get money like an ATM machine. The economy's at its lowest by far. So I'm a black man, gotta work hard like Mel Porno stars to my soldiers. At a Cobra, hold your head, it's not over. Chip Crow ain't dead. He just got a little older, more colder, so we gotta be less passive, more bolder. So the hell can wag the road. Greetings, family. Welcome to Conversation Reparations. Conversation Reparations, Conversation Reparations. This show is brought to you by INCOBRA, the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America, on the first and third Monday of each month, informing you about happenings in the reparations movement, as well as giving you background and historical information, our historical information, we like to say, about what has been going on and movement as well. So today we bring to you, and we're in a new format and we're working out the technical difficulties to make all of that happen for you. So today we will be discussing hashtag rally for reparations, a profound gathering that happened in Atlanta on Saturday, July 4th known as Independence Day in the United States of America. And we had a very different kind of a gathering, a very different kind of a message for our people on July 4th. And we happened to have the visionary and the brother who met with his comrades and determined that this was something that they wanted to do to bring into this movement. In Cobra, we have been excited ever since we saw the protesters in the streets and we had just been trying to figure out how do we uh, integrate or how do we uh, infuse, maybe a better word, how do we infuse the narrative to not just police brutality and police reform, but to also bring in the conversation through reparations, which will address police uh, brutality, police murder, police terror, as well as a whole lot of other things, which really police terror is really just the symptom of, of a whole lot of things known as racism. And so reparations is the way that we can address all of those things. And these young people, we're very proud of them uh, based on their background and their upbringing in, in, in the movement as young people and, and continuing to act, be active in the movement. I happen to know uh, Brother Russell mother, you know, when I was a young man, gave me one of my first jobs here in Atlanta, as well as um, when I left my job and started a business, his father was a business consultant to me for my business. So I'm very excited to reconnect with this young man and his family, and definitely connecting on the issue of reparations. So Brother Russell, how are you doing today? I think you need to unmute what's, yourself. Here you go. What's going on? How y'all doing, everybody? All right, welcome to the show. And we, we also are joined by Brother Will Hustle, who is also a media person and young activist. I'm just learning more about him, but I know he has a lot of great ideas and, and contributed to the event on Saturday as well. How you doing, Brother Will? 
Oh, great. It's a pleasure to be on the phone with you, brothers. All right, all right. Very good, very good. So if, if we have the first clip ready, if we could go with that clip. If we don't, we'll just go ahead and talk a little bit. It kind of lays out the vision of the rally for that happened on Saturday. You said we're waiting on the clip first? Yeah. Okay. Oh, do we have that uh, clip, brother? Oh, uh, yeah, we're, we're pulling it up. You had to give me a, a second to okay. uh, get to uh -huh. the points in time that you wanted to start. So, uh, yeah, let me go here. We'll just start that one for the very beginning. I'm sorry? No, that one starts at the very beginning. Okay. Um, let me see. Clip one. All right, I got you. Yeah. So, Russell, why don't you maybe just go ahead and share a little bit about your background and how you um, came to organize. Okay, look like we're about to move to the clip. I don't know. I'm not able to hear it clearly on my side. Back in the Civil War with our 40 acres in the mule, we never received that. So we've always been a permanent underclass. Uh, give me just a second. As I said, we're getting acclimated to this platform. I forgot to put uh, share the audio um, in the clip. So let me go ahead and restart that. Y'all should be able to see it on your screens once it comes up. All right, here we go. Uh, optimize share computer sound. Okay, here we go. Economic condition of black people. That will resolve a lot of our issues that exist in the black American's life today. And so that's what the rally for reparations is about. We're, walking from, we're marching from here in front of the CNN Center up to Cleote Johnson Park where we're going to have a, a rally of entertainers, speakers, and performers just continuing, continuing to build the awareness around this word called reparations. A lot of young people don't know what reparations is, but it was promised to us back in the Civil War with our 40 acres in the mule. We never received that, so we've always been a permanent underclass as a result. And not having wealth, not having the access to capital, not having the generational wealth to pass down to our kids to 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 better their standards. So that everybody started from zero, and so we want to we want to end that. Uh, we have a lot of plans that are in place from a lot of black leaders, Dr. Claude Anderson, Dr. Martin Luther King wanted land grants. Elijah Muhammad said land. So we're looking for reparations for uh, atonement for America's original sin. And we truly think that'll be the changing factor that changes the lives of black Americans in America. Where do you go from here? You'll, you'll rally here today and then what's next? All right, so there is a bill, H.R. 40, that's already been introduced to Congress. H.R. 40 is to develop a commission to study the feasibility of reparations, right? There's already 120 plus representatives and senators that have sponsored this bill. We want to continue to build awareness around supporting this bill and making sure that we're putting politicians in office that will support this bill and help it get pushed through. It's not only studying the feasibility, but it's also going to decide remedies will be uh, dispersed to the descendants of black uh, to the descendants of African American slaves. So, and that's what we're looking for. That's what's next. How does your agenda for reparations? and things that, you know, other people out here uh, marching for, how do they relate? Well, so they all coincide. If you really think about it, George Floyd was killed for a counterfeit $20 bill. Mike Brown was killed for a pack of Swishers. 
uh, Eric Garner was killed for selling loose cigarettes. These are economic issues. People are doing these things because they don't have the economic resources to buy them. If somebody had access to capital or $350,000 per se, which is what Robert Johnson suggested all descendants of slaves get, then you're not stealing cigarettes. You're not trying to bust a counterfeit $20 bill. You're not out here trying to sell loose cigarettes, right? And that's what happens. This is what our white and Asian and, and, and other counterparts have that we don't have. And this is why we're always in the positions of uh, being in communities that, that face militarized police. Uh, this is why uh, the media kind of images of us that kind of says that we're criminal. And so the rally for reparations is economic reform, criminal justice reform, police reform, uh, 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 health, health reform, healthcare reform, education reform, it's all reform in one. It's not just about us getting money and us getting land. It's about reforming, rebranding the image of the black man on the media and the black woman in the media. It's about so many things that we just don't want it to be solely focused on defunding the police or police brutality because we believe that could be true in the end if we change our economic conditions in America. All right. So that gave a little of the background for the for the rally that was on Saturday. Uh, Brother Russell, why don't you give us a little bit of background uh, about yourself and then also what led you to organize this rally for reparations here in Atlanta? Sure, no problem. Um, I hope everybody's listening is uh, comfortable. Everybody got a good meal today and, uh, you know, it's safe, first of all. Um, yeah, I go by the name of Brother Russell, and I have a background, um, you know, just from being affiliated. Um, just my family has been in the community, organizing the community uh, nonprofit sector for over 35 years, with my mother having an organization called uh, Holistic Stress Control Institute. And, you know, basically, I've, I came from that background, but I you know, kind of was recruited into the music industry, um, you know, and I say recruited because I thought I was passionate about making it in music. You know, people hear all these stories about, yo, man, I slept in my car. I waited at Universal Rec Records. I camped out just to give my demo tape um, to this record executive or, you know what I'm saying? I spent my last $50 on studio time. But you look at the amount of advertising that is targeted at young black men um, as far as the amount of messaging that goes into um, advertising and targeting young black men. So, you know, I thought I was passionate about making it in music, but I realized I was recruited into making it to music, mm. recruited by an agenda, um, recruited by an agenda that, you know, continues to push an image of African-American men that is a, a false narrative. Is it a very slim sector of our community that, um, you know, shadows and, and, and um, mirrors the most of the lyrics that are coming out? So the reason why I say that is that with that, um, it's two things for that. For, for, for one thing is that I learned so many skills, you know, uh, you know, making it to the top of the music industry, working with artists, um, from behind the scene handling campaigns with, uh, from Luda, um, you know, to Yay, to, you know, just a lot of artists that I work with behind the scenes, just <clears throat> handling a, a lot of marketing and strategy and just kind of rollouts. Um, so on one side, I, I kind of have this guerrilla 
uh, marketing and this large campaign strategy. Uh, but on the other uh, side, on the other, I was focused on individualism versus the community, right? Because <clears throat> the main thing that uh, people you know, learn, you know, like in the 60s and the 70s, it was kind of about the movement. But if you think about it, the first advertising campaign for black men getting shine was the civil rights movement. So what you had was the media. Anytime a young black man was in school uh, in the 60s or 70s, they saw these powerful black men images of themselves uh, fighting the movement. So you had, that's why you had the Black Panthers, 16, 17, or 18, because they grew up seeing MLK on TV. You know what I'm saying? They grew up seeing Malcolm on TV. They seen these strong Black men. So the message was uh, continuous, right? So you had all of these people that were growing up to be revolutionaries. Why am I saying that? Why is that important? How do we go from public enemy um, to souls of mischief in tandem with NWA, all of these music, um, different kind of a genre of music that that is is, is, is is diverse to one narrative that's being placed in hip hop. Why is that important? Because you have young men that are not thinking about freedom fighting. They're using their knowledge. They're using their magic for individualism. They're using their magic to push an agenda that, that proportionate, proportionately puts us down. So I was recruited into the music industry. I was recruited into this work because the larger work of freedom fighting was not um, advertised. You know what I'm saying? And even though I grew up around it, that hold of the media is still grabbed me. So I'm saying that because it's really important to every, anybody listening the understand of how powerful the media is. And me knowing how powerful the media is coming from the music background, having an advertising background, managing campaigns upward of $150 million. I know how <clears throat> things get manipulated and I know how messages uh, are sent out. So basically, you know, my background is kind of, I, I was kind of like the Steve Stout of the South. I was like one of the first dudes in the South that was connecting brand deals and hip hop, you know, like really being the intermediate intermediary between uh, the culture and brands and, and being somebody that can speak the language of hip hop, but also going to the boardroom. Um, so, you know, my, one of my last campaigns where we did the reverse engineering of hip hop, we used hip hop as a way to um, get kids um, to stop smoking cigarettes it was called fresh empire it was uh funded by the fda um a budget of over 125 million so i learned kind of hey if, if you know if, if if you have budgets to to fund things like this but the budgets for the other you know stereotypical things are are, are double triple triple that um you know this is why we're in a situation so i'll, I'll say that all to say is that during during the quarantine is, is, is kind of one of the, the, the most important periods of my life because that was the first time in 15, 15 years I was able to just stop stop grinding. And we're sold in America that we got to grind in this individualism and that's what makes you happy. But for me, I the higher I got, the less blacker it got. You know what I'm saying? 
and not blacker like your color, but like pro-black. And <clears throat> so basically mm. during the quarantine, man, I, I just like had time to spend with me. And I kind of like just broke this this barrier that was on me. And 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 just focusing on my individualism, my only money for my family. And I I started adapted a larger community aspect, you know, through reading, working out, um, you know, staying, not eating the food, not eating the food, man, cooking. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I say that to say that I'm not like your 20 year activist. Like I, I hope I'm motivating the kid that's on the fence because a lot of times I think with activism. And 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 revolutionary, we talking to the choir, and I want to get the kids that's that's on the fence. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, well, with that note, we would need to come back to getting into the rally. But why don't we go? Ahead and <laughs> I know, right? and in, that's all right. Let's go ahead and bring in Brother Will, since he also has, uh, you know, background from, as I understand in 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 marketing and and as well. So that's a uh, it's a good segue. We'll bring Brother Will in and share a little bit about his background and how he came to get involved with this reparations uh, rally as well. Uh, yeah, um, I was born in Brooklyn, but I was raised in Austin, Texas. So I came up in the independent music business. Um, so, you know, we didn't have New York and major record labels in our backyard. So we had to really grind and really market ourselves and build our brand. Um, and that's pretty much how I came in the game. I started doing my own DVD series. Like, I got a saying, I, I went viral before the internet. I went viral in the streets. So me and my guys, we bought cameras, DVD burners, and we started pressing and distributing our own DVDs. Uh, I'm probably most famous for one of my, I did a legendary in- interview with Tim C before he passed away. Uh, but I interviewed everybody from Boy Jones Jr., Vanna Holyfield, anybody in the game. Um, and it was just like the internet, but we was in the streets. Like, you know, we had the current event. All that type of stuff, and just like Brother Russell, man, I, I always saw that I had a uh, a voice, and you know, and my thing is like, I want to, I really want to tap into the streets, like because the, the the people in the streets, man, if we can get them to understand, like me and Brother Russell was at the Wendy's one night, and it really blew my mind, and I knew this, but I didn't know it when I heard him answer it. And we asked the brothers in the streets if they knew what reparation was, and half of them didn't know what it was. Um, so that's part of the reason why I'm in, in this movement because I want to be able to reach the people who, that that normally wouldn't be able to reach. Like you know, a lot of revolutionaries and a lot of activists, you know, they don't look like them. You know what I mean? So it's like over their head. They you know they they don't, they don't, they don't even get it. You know, so come from a person who's been in the streets, has a record like them. Um, that's what got me into it. Um, in my city, um, the the activism of, of, of police brutality is what initially got there. But I always knew that it was more. Uh, than police brutality. Uh, when I speak at rallies and whatnot, that's one of my main things is police brutality is not high on the black people's priority. Reparations, group economics, building our families, getting our mental health, that's where, that's what we need to focus on because if we, you know, while we're waiting on reparations and, and this, and this, I'm still doing my research on this H-40 or whatever the hell to me, I'm for the street, so that sounds like gay. That, that sounds like the government's buying time. You know what I mean? Like, give us our money. Y'all y'all know what y'all did. Y'all know that y'all owe us. You know what I mean? Um, but that's what I want to do is, like, I want to basically get it from the whole police brutality. And let's get to because this just like Brother Justin said in the clip that we played, if, if these brothers wouldn't be in the streets killing each other if they had something to do, if they didn't have to get get out here and rob because they need a place to stay. 
because their mom's on crack and they're 13 years old and they got to feed their little eight to eight year old brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? Um, so once we get our families and stuff in order, that's what it is. So the reason why I'm here is because I'm passionate about my people. You know what I mean? And I know that, that they're not woke and, and we need to wake them up. And uh, it's an honor to be on this phone. And like you know, I, one thing I want to say about a lot of the rallies and what brought me to Brother Russell is I saw a lot of people, man. I, I've been out here protesting since the day the CNN Center uh, erupted or whatever. And I've been protesting for a long time. Um, and nothing ever happened in my city. Like in, in Austin, Texas, every month or two months before June 10th, because I was a little kid, a black or Hispanic gets killed by the police. You know, I, don't, I didn't know Trayvon Martin. I didn't know Rashad Brooks. But I knew Pickle. They got shot 61 rounds out of hit 10 times. You know, I knew Daniel Rocha, who was fighting for uh, a taser with a cop, and, the, and she shot him in the back. You know what I'm saying? I, I knew I know people for real. I knew Mike Ramos. He was driving away from the cops two months ago and got killed. Um, so I have a real passion for the whole police brutality, but as I've been out there even then before rallying and, and rallying now, I don't see a lot of people actually doing things and, and even really saying what needs to be said. And when I got with Brother Russell, he was saying a lot of things. That's what got me to the rally for reparations. And even the rally for reparations, um, you know, I've met a lot of brothers who had real, like brothers who had their own political parties, uh, you know, older brothers who telling me things that we need to do to get there. I think that that's what the rallies and stuff is for, but it's really time for us to really get some action and get a game plan because it's a lot of people running around, a lot of chiefs, no Indians. And I think brother Russell is, is a great leader um, to help facilitate, facilitate the things that we try to do. And I say, once again, it's an honor to be on, on this call with you brothers because um, at the end of the day, our people need it. All right. All right. Very good. Yeah, so I know That's love. Uh, appreciate you, man. Yeah. One hundred. <laughs> yeah, so come on back in, brother Russell, and and and, and give us the uh the division for the division on, on, on Saturday. Right. So just to curtail like what, what uh Will was saying, the first speech that me and Will met was that day, you know, where it popped off. And and it's crazy how like the 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 um the rioting overshadowed the rally that night where CNN, you know, went off and went crazy. So the, the march was ATL for us, excuse me, ATL for us. And, um, you know, I was, I was able to speak and this is where the music industry comes in. Cause I wasn't even on the bill, bro. Like I was just like, yo, I gotta say something like it was in my spirit. So I finessed my way up there and they actually let me close the whole thing out with a speech. And, you know, so after that, that just kind of like, because that speech went viral. And thanks to Will, like he, he was the one that um, actually recorded. So that's, that speech went viral. And ever since then, within the next two or three weeks, people was hitting me up, DMing me like, yo, we need you to speak here, speak here, speak here. So as I was speaking, I was like, oh, man, like I'm definitely inspiring people. But like, what is the main issue here? Like, what can we really get behind? And this this is, again, like me, me being... Um, you know, in the community, but like kind of new. And so I was just like, man, I'm, I'm just going to research and like, you know, really research and understand all of the issues that's affect, affecting African-Americans. But at the same time, I had this vision of Africa, America that happened um, during the quarantine. And then once I saw that, I researched Malcolm X and the Republic of New Africa. And then I also saw the fight that Dr. Martin Luther King was doing with land grants 
and and his fight for reparations and just really thinking about the economic empowerment so you know my theory you know long term is that as african americans like we're refugees in america right like we still have to live in two americas we have to live in the in a duality like you go to the you go to the carnival right and you see you know what I'm saying the west indians they they throwing they flag blah, 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 you know what i'm saying everything but like as african americans like we we in there but it's like shit where our flag at we can't go to the carnival with the american flag we look crazy right That's so it's right. like so it's like just from a branding perspective i looked at it i was like i feel like the end goal is like we need our own territory right like we need our own land because I don't understand, like, if somebody kidnapped your daughter for 30 years, right? And then she kidnapped your daughter, and she's not going to let your daughter, you know, free. But she's like, yo, you can still live in my house. Although I kidnapped you, you can't leave, you know what I'm saying? But you're free. You know what I'm saying? You're free. You're free to do whatever you want. You can get jobs or whatever. But I'm not going to give you your own house. So it's just like this conversation about liberation of black people has to come from having our own. And I feel, you know, we researched it. Reparations is something that has been paid out to other groups of people. They've been paid out to the victims of Hiroshima, paid out to the Native Americans, um, you know, paid out to um, the, uh, the Jewish community. And this is just like top level research. Um, so, you know, me and brother Justin came together and, you know, we was out protesting, you know, seeing Will and out. And, and then, you know, we, we just came together and we was like, yo, reparations is what is it? Like, cut the check. Like, I'm an agent. Like, I, I negotiate for artists. And my job as, as an agent is to get the highest check possible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm getting the high. I mean, if I'm doing something for Luda or if, I, if I'm doing something for, like, one of these uh, Instagram influencers that I represent, I'm going high, you know what I'm saying? And that's how you negotiate. And I feel like with our movement, the whole police brutality, police brutality and hands up that will shoot, man, that's like, bro, that's like Luda saying, I'm going to do the Super Bowl for a pair of Adidas. <laughs> they should already be giving us that. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Know Luda is, is short for Luda Chris. Right. Hip-hop artist out of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Ima yeah. Imagine that. Imagine Luda Chris doing the Super Bowl or, you know what I'm saying, some type of big performance with a huge audience where the right. promoter's going to make a lot of money doing it for, for a pair of shoes or a T-shirt. So when I look at the whole police brutality movement, yes, we have to speak out against these things. But what are the conditions? How are we going to change the systematic oppression? You can't do that through a policy. So, you got to yeah, have financial... Let me, let me cut ahead. in here, Brother Russell, for a minute. Uh, so we're, we're at the halfway point of our show. So you're listening to Conversation Reparations on Black Talk Radio Network. I believe we have a uh, scheduling. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, I was thought the commercial might have been a little bit longer than that, but all right. So we're back with Conversation Reparations on Black Talk Radio Network. We are discussing with Brother Russell and Brother Will the rally for reparations that was held here in Atlanta on, on July 4th. The idea of 
bringing the conversation of what we can do beyond police brutality and police murder and police terror, what else can we do and what also really address at the root issue, the causes and challenges in the black community. And, and some of us uh, elders, we feel as reparations is glad and we're glad to see now that some of the youngers are getting on board and realizing that it's reparations as well. So uh, I'll let you go ahead. I kind of cut you off brother Russell so you can finish your point and then we'll bring Will back in and talk about For where sure. we want to go from here with the next steps. Yeah, so so basically, like, we understand there's a lot of issues affecting the Black community, right? But um, we, we have to understand the power of economic empowerment. We have to understand that, you know, when a lot of industries were created, we didn't even have an opportunity to be a part of that. And, you know, so we, you know, collectively, what we wanted to do as an organization with the Black Agenda Group mainly was rebrand rep reparations in a sense where your average Joe um, your average, you know, 18 year old, your average 17 year old, or, you know what I'm saying? Like Will said, somebody, somebody might be in the streets, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but at least understand what it is, because that's kind of the first phase of our, um, you know, campaign is just, you know, educating and branding reparation. So we, we was like, all right, cool. What is the issue that everybody can get around? Because we don't want this to be reactive. You know what I'm saying? Because like with Trayvon Martin, like everybody mobilized and stra mobilized and organized a riot and then that dies down and then Mike Brown happens. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's mad and then that dies down. And, and then uh, Eric Garner happens and then that dies down and then so forth and so on. And then you go to George Floyd, which, which really ignited everybody when it was a perfect storm, but it was still reactive. So our vision is That's like, right. you know, if, if we have 10,000 people in the streets, you know, once we educate all these people daily asking for reparations, we control the narrative, right? So we was like, yo, we're going to do this dope rally to educate, you know what I mean, just, just the culture, the youth, um, you know, the average person about reparation, and we want to do it with some sauce. We want to do it with some swag. We want We want people to rebrand activism and look in a way that when we do events, it's going to be educational, it's going to be informative, it's going to be powerful. And man, it was an overwhelming success. I have to pat myself on the back, you know what I'm saying? I got to pat my team on the back. Like over 100,000 views on Facebook. We got CBS to pick it up, NBC picked it up, AJC picked it up. So not only was it a healing experience with African drums, with, with uh, you know, speeches from you, um, from myself, from the uh, T.I. son, the, the Monty Harris, Easy uh, Easy E's daughter, um, remarkable. But also, we went viral. You know what I'm saying? So, a hundred thousand people know about reparations right now. So that was the goal of that event. And now we're gonna follow up um, with really, you know, kind of kind of similar to this radio show is where we're going to have a conversation for reparations, where we're going to really bring in kind of a luncheon style presentation and figure out the next steps where we're going to get the stakeholders in the room to actually execute some plans uh, locally. And shout out to the team. I want to shout out everybody that was a part of uh, building it. Shout out to the sponsors. Uh, Afrocentric Network uh, really donated some money. Also, um, Davis and Bozeman Law. And then we just had a lot of crowdfunded things. Like, this is the difference from a community. Like, we're, you know, we so used to, like, knocking on the white man's door. 
Oh man, I need a sponsorship, man. But listen, these white folk, ah, I don't want to say it like that. All right, so these power that these the power that be, they'll sponsor your black events. You know what I'm saying? They'll sponsor your your, your mini skirt party, uh, your, your all black party, or you know what I'm saying, your five dollar Hennessy. Yeah, let's put some money behind that. But when it comes to these pro black events. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to something empowering, when it comes to something to waking the community up, they try to stay away from that. And we ain't going for it no more. So we saying any company that's profiting off the destruction of black people, any company that has, has made any type of attempt or a campaign off the destruction of black people, you paying up. So in a situation where we don't have to wait for the government for reparations, we can put that in place, but we're also going after the private companies because they're going to pay up too. That's right. Yeah, we want to um, always shout out Brother Miley Davis, Davis Bozeman Law Firm. It always does, uh, who supports um, in Cobra, who supports the reparations movement, support social justice movement. He he's, does many uh, cases dealing with police brutality. He takes them on pro bono, and he's just a re really remarkable brother and, and, and has great law firm that really supports the movement. So um, really wasn't surprised when you mentioned he, he supported you, as well as um, Afrocentric Network, which also supports a lot of um, more nationalist progressive organizations in the city, Malcolm X grassroots movement and others like that. So those are very two very um, vital businesses in our community that we should support and also just when you say AJC like you know let people know certain things so AJC is the Atlanta Journal Constitution for those who may not know which is the the major um, news organ in 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 the United in, in Atlanta the um, so yeah so brother Will and while we're talking about going viral and all of that I know you do a lot with with YouTube and, and videoing and so why don't you maybe share a little bit with us about you know how important this this social media platform is and how we can really get the uh, reparations message out to our people even more. We already heard a hundred thousand views, but even beyond that, how, what what else can we do uh, to to really um, wake up more of our people around reparations and getting them behind it? Man, the, the true leader is the leader who leads by example. You know. <clears throat> And so, like, man, T.I. told me some real shit at one of the rallies is we all have a position and a job in the movement. My job is the media. Like, we control the narrative. You know what I mean? Like, we have to put out the right power. Like, I got things, like, basically with my company, we call it positive propaganda. We need to put out positive propaganda. Like, if, if, you, let, if you let the oppressive media outlet tell our story, he's going to tell it the way he wants to tell it. So when we take control of the social media, the media, the documentaries, the, the educational things, we can tell the story the way that we want to tell it. You know what I mean? And that's that's why we've been losing from, from the beginning of time. You got to think about it. Before Bill Clinton uh, and his regime, I hate when people try to say he's a black president. He did the worst thing to black people ever. In, in, mm. in, in, 1990, in 1995, before 1995, 96, this is a conspiracy theory. The TV was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It was his election and, 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 and the people who funded his election 
wanted to get people to go to their private room prison, it went from minister society, boys in the hood. You can go to my mom's house right now and look at pictures of me before 95, 96. I, I wear blue now because I'm a gang member. But before then, I wanted to be like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I had red hoodies, and all I wanted to do was have a flyer shoe and date pretty girls. But then when the media came out and everybody wanted to gang bang and stuff like that, so it's like we know what these people did to us. So instead of crying over spilled milk, Let's put the stuff out. Like, I was telling Brother Russell before, like, we, me and Russell's story is kind of the same. Like, the COVID, I was already working on documentaries and stuff before COVID. But when COVID came, I had a lot more time to do it. So I never thought – I was actually working on a mockumentary, which was a joke, but I was putting a lot of game in it about me changing the world in the year 2020. But after getting with Brother Russell, seeing the CNN, seeing Justice – you come because we burnt down with they burnt down the windows. I'm not, I don't want to say we, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But seeing the action that we did and, and and what's really happened, I feel that we can really change the world. And my job is basically to to do the media. Like I, I got a lot of great um, uh, interviews at the re- the rally for reparations. So that's what I want to do. Is I want to take the knowledge that you know saying. Uh, that the brothers taught me, the elder brothers, the younger brothers, stuff I heard on stage, and put in a documentary because, like I said, me and Brother Russell was in the street, and half these cats didn't know that what reparation was. So one of the things that I want to do is is I want to wake up the streets because the streets don't understand that the government, the corporations, the oppressors are making money off of you going to jail. The reason why you don't know your daddy is because the, the the government put crack cocaine and broke up your home. You see what I'm saying? I, I want to put out documentaries to wake these people up because we don't know. A lot of white people, a lot of them know too, but a lot of them don't. Saul Williams said stealing us was the best thing they ever did, but that's not what they tell their kids. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like with, 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 with the vision, and, and my job is to wake people up through these documentaries, through these skits. Uh, let, let's, let's put out some positive movies that talk about things. To, because a lot of time, like you know, a lot of a lot of my like I tell you all the time, I, you know, the, the the niggas who raised me in the street, they ain't had no daddies. They daddies was was Bushwick Bill and Willie D and the Ghetto Boys. And if you go back and listen to to, to the to, to the Ghetto Boys music, those were political rappers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Listen, listen to what they were saying. You know what I mean? So I, I was built different. The people who raised me, that's what they come from. You see what I'm saying? So um, and that's what we need to do. And brother Russell, you said something about. That's that's another documentary I'm working on. If you think about the time, right when hip hop was created, it was it was still in the '70s, right? So look look at the rappers at that time. You had African Bombada. They were righteous as hell, right? Then you go to eight, 1985. The Dead X and the X Clan were talking about to the east, my brother to the east. You know what I mean? That's what woke me up as a youngster. That's what made me. Ice Cube was one of the, was the first people that woke me up with lethal injections and rhymes like that. Then, then, you know, 85, the crack hit, then people started rapping about what they were really. And then in 1988, what happened? What did hip-hop tell us? Hip-hop told us we headed for self-destruction. We headed for a They tried yeah. to tell us this. You feel what I'm saying? So then yeah. you got, like, I don't like, I, I have a problem. My daughter's 13 years old, and she knows every Megan Thee Stallion verse there is. Now, I can't be a hypocrite. I know these records, too. So I have to, instead of saying, oh, you can't listen to that music, and that's going to turn into open up a whole other can of worms because she's going to rebel. You know what I mean? I have to basically see what's going on. But I understand why Meg Thee Stallion raps the way they rap. I understand why the City Girl, I understand why these rappers rap about being in the streets and killing murder because they watch their homeboys get killed. So they don't 
one and never had no pistol because they partner might not have had no pistol when he was coming out the club. That's why he sneaked his gun into the club because he don't want to get caught slipping. I understand that the, the, the music is a voice. You know, I, I always use the gangster disciples as, a, as an example. Is we miss a lot of, of messages and cries for help. The gangster disciples changed their name to growth and development, and nobody embraced that. You see what I'm saying? Nobody embraced that. So the music that 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 that, that brother Russell's talking about that we got to shut down, I, I I agree with him 100. percent But it's gonna be so hard because these people, these niggas, are, that that's why you got so many rappers that talk about fake rappers and stuff like that. Why? Because there's real niggas in the street who are rapping about selling drugs and doing because that's who they are. You feel what I'm saying? Then you got these fake wannabes who that's what they rap about because they know that that's what the oppressor and these major corporations are signing. You feel what I'm saying? So that's why you got people, oh, fake rapper this, fake rapper this, and woo-woo. But these are cries for help. So instead of saying, hey, man, we're going to shut down how you make your money, how can we give these niggas a new outlet? How can we say, hey, make a positive right. call and I'll buy it. You know what I mean? Right. That's, what, that's what you got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, the um, it's interesting when, when you talk about that um, hip-hop uh, uh, trajectory. A, a lot of us talk about that, how, you know, hip hop came out, you know, with a conscious message and, and, and then there were some periods where it kind of uh, went into the individualism that Russell talked about earlier, but then we'll come back with more conscious rappers always interspersed in there. And then what happened though, it seemed like at, at a later phase of hip hop, you, you still do have some conscious rappers, but they, they aren't mainstreamed enough. Well, you have a few like, you know, Kendrick Lamar, which you know, some people might, you know, debate or J-, J. Cole or what have you. But, you know, the challenge has been to have, you know, those some big name and conscious along with the, the not so conscious. Well, that's a whole conversation. But one of the things that you said that struck me, and I, you know, I mentioned this before and even talked to some folks like Dead Prez and uh, KRS-One and some other people about, you know, creating a, a, rep, uh, a reparations rap, um, you know, similar to like self-destruction where it'd be like a compilation of different uh, well-known hip-hop oh, artists yeah, to, to do that and then and, and each one had their own hook or whatever and then there would be um individual songs on there or collaborations with one or two you know so it could be a whole cd with um different reparation songs on it but one main reparation song compilation of different um collaboration with different artists but anyway um Let's let's do this. Let's get a little uh, a little of uh, the energy from the from the rally itself. Um, we're gonna um, bring a attorney attorney Griggs, Gerald Griggs, who also works with the uh, the NAACP, the Atlanta chapter of the NAACP. He's the first vice, uh, I think, second vice president of the NAACP. So when we roll out that um, clip number two for rights of everybody for a long time. You know what I'm saying? He's organized countless rallies. He's been doing a lot. Okay. We had it there. Power, 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 power. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Say power, right now, power, 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 power. All right, y'all give it up for Tony Griggs right now. Yes, sir. So what's going on, guys? Do y'all realize the significance of what you're doing right now? 37 straight days. 
37 straight days of protests, and we are finally talking about the root issue. The root issue is the repair of a people. That's it. The root issue is what white supremacy has done to people of melanated color, people that have melanin in their bodies. And I'm proud of you. I'm thoroughly proud as somebody who's organized many of the rallies, many of the protests. But we cannot get distracted. We cannot get distracted. Because there are some brothers that can't be here, like Rashard Brooks, like Jimmy Atchison, like Oscar Kane, Say his name. like Kane Rogers, Say his name. like Veltavius Griggs, Say his name. like Corey Ward. Say his name. Like Catherine Johnston. Say her name. Like Alexia Christian. Say her name. So when you have an issue, you have to get to the root cause of the issue. And the root cause of this issue started 401 years ago with slaves, not indentured servants, not individuals who chose to come here, but individuals that were bound hand and foot, dragged off a boat, at Jamestown and forced to work the land. And we are here 401 years later demanding that we get our just restitution, our just repair. And so as an attorney, I know exactly what that means. Because after a criminal issue, you have to pay a fine and restitution. But what happens when you murder, rape, pillage, and try to destroy the very essence of a people. What is the recompense for that? And so that's the question that America must ask itself on its birthday. And I stand here like, I, like my brother Frederick did. What is independence for the descendants of African chattel slaves? What is our 4th of July called Juneteenth? So as we force America to be what it says on paper for everybody, it's time for us as a people to come together in unity and demand from our government what is just and what is right. No, no 40 acres, no mule, no land, no money, no nothing. So how can you tell a man or a woman to pull themselves up from their bootstraps when they don't have any shoes? How can you tell a people to deliver themselves from poverty when you put them off the plantation with nothing? So as a, fifth, as a fifth generation, George, a son of this red clay, it's time for Georgia, it's time for America, to live up to the reason why they popping them dog on fireworks. That's right. Because we tired. We've been tired. And when you see a brother have his neck be kneeled on for eight minutes and 46 seconds, when you see a brother off of university and prize shot in the back and kicked, what do you think's gonna happen? So I'm proud of these organizers. Thank you, thank you. You guys brought Y'all can clap for that. Yeah, you can clap for that. You can clap for that. You guys brought the solution to the protest. It's time for us to make America realize equity and equality for all.
So I heard I heard the new slogan. We heard it through the march. Cut the check. 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 Because when you cut the check, we will rebuild Black Wall Street. When you cut the check, we will rebuild Sweet Auburn. When you cut the check, you're going to see how a people rise like the phoenix from the ashes, like this city did. And so I am proud of these organizers. I'm proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with you. The NAACP stands shoulder to shoulder with you, demanding reparations and demanding it now. So I want you to do me a favor. When you go home, I want you to research uh, House Resolution 40. Then I want you to get on your cell phone. I want you to Google every single person that has signed on to the bill. Send an email. Tell them we want it now. And then I want you to Google all the people that have said, no, we're not going to talk about reparations right now. Uh, it costs too much. Uh, we're not ready for that conversation. Tell them we're going to vote you out. That's it? We're going to vote you out. Out of here. Because it's time. 401 years? It's been time. We've been tired. It's about time you cut the check. So again, we stand with you. We will continue this protest until we get justice for every single family that has been the victim of police brutality. But it's time for America to realize that your black brothers and sisters are demanding. We're not asking anymore. We're not begging. We're not just marching to get exercise. Because the next march, we might pull up. You know we like to pull up. Yeah, we do. And there's... Powerful. Okay, yeah. Yeah, got cut a little short, but basically he was saying in conclusion was that, if I remember correctly, basically he was saying that anybody who is not any person that, that is seeking office who's not in support of reparations they will be voted out of office and go home packing on November 3rd. But yes, that was uh, 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 Attorney Griggs, who is also the first vice president of NAACP at, in solidarity with the, the, the rally. One of, uh, one of the speakers at the rally. So what, at, this, at the remaining time that we have, let's talk about um, next steps and, and outcomes. You already said, Brother Russell, you feel like it was a very successful event in terms of you know, people turning out and in terms of even the, the media coverage of it and the follow-up that people have um, been watching it. Um, so uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead, you go ahead first, Brother Will, and, and where, where, what's the next steps? Where, where are we going next? And then you can um, come in after he finished, Brother Russell, with what's the next steps? Where are we going oh, I think what what attorney Greg Greg uh, said was definitely uh, we do we need to follow exactly what he said, but um right now we just gotta create ways right now economically just like you know like right now I got on the uh, African American hat and the T-shirt I had to buy that you know what I mean so having events where we where we create our own group of next economics where we buy from each other because I mean we spend trillions of dollars ourselves you know. Look at look at the hair industry. You know, there's every I, I travel travel all the time. I go city to city. My company's anytime you would say because 
every city is the same. They got a mall. They got two or three. Some some hair stores. You go on Greenbrier, they got two hair stores in the same parking lot. You know what I mean? And these people are making so much money. Where well, my dad lives at in Chicago, I sit and watch trucks come in every day, dropping off food, beer, liquor, everything. The Arab or the Asian, whatever store is across the street from, they make they taking all their money out. But basically, every day I watch everybody from kids to old people go in, buy liquor, buy sushis, buy candy. You telling me we can't get our own cigarettes? We can't get our own? And I know people might say, oh, well, you know, we oh, we shouldn't be selling our people cigarettes. No, but money's going out of our community. We need to focus on how we're going to get this money from staying in our community three hours, six hours to where it's generated. That's, that's, that's the first step that we need to be doing while we're waiting on our government to give us our reparations. Very much so. We have to prepare economically. Also, uh, as I mentioned in the rally, we want people to be familiar with not just HR 40, but also SB 1083, which is the Senate version. Uh, so we also are focusing on the Senate version. And even more importantly, you know, we have to look at creating our, a specific reparations demand package. And once we have that, that will even be even more important, in my opinion, than even HR 40 or, or, or the Senate version. So there's a, lot, there's a lot of work to be done um, and, and the work to be done in terms of preparing ourselves in terms of setting up economic systems, uh, our own banking systems, our own uh, economic cooperatives, manufacturing and things like that so that we'll be better prepared for that time. So, okay, brother Russell, I'm gonna kick it to you in the last few minutes. What's, what's the next steps? What's the um, Black Agenda Group plan going forward from this rally? Oh yeah, um, no problem, man. So, you know, we really want to work with organizations like in Cobra for the larger plan and for the lobbying. Um, but, you know, our main job is to keep the public pressure up. Um, you know, we, we had actually started planning a rally in LA in August, um, but based on COVID, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, but what we're saying is that we're kind of going to be like the ad agency for activism. Um, it's a lot of organizations like yourself and other organizations that have great work um, and have great message, um, but we just want to help get that message out further. So our job is going to be, you know, partnering with with other organizations and just to help them get their message out through a series of events, through a series of press releases, um, and and also just a campaign. But while we're waiting on the general, you know, reparations to go through in the Senate and, and the House of Representatives, what we're saying is that we can get pilot programs now in Atlanta. I just came from Seattle. They, they have, a, they have a, a community called Africatown, where they literally, the public schools in that community fly red, black, and green flags, a public school. Um, you know, they have street walks that are painted red, um, black, and green. Um, they have, you know, community businesses. So we're going to put public pressure locally um, from a civic level, but we're going to really go after these companies to say, hey, um, we can get reparations now. Like, we don't have to wait for this large check to be cut from the government. We can pressure these private corporations to um, donate, you know, to the cause and say, hey, we want this, <clears throat> we have a, a, a community that we're trying to build these brands um, that have been profit, profiting off black culture, we can go after it. So that, that's kind of 
the you know the next plan with the black agenda group we're, we're really trying to go after <clears throat> private companies and get money uh, we just did a photo shoot you can go to the black agendas page where we you know really just promoting positive black images and putting out those images um, where is the campaign that's just you know for positive african-american imagery um, mm -hmm. you know we got one show you know we got blackish uh, we got you know maybe <laughs> maybe two or three shows from you know uh, of 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 the 500 billion dollars that is spent on on tv network you know what i'm saying we get a movie every now and then and most of it is is to remind us about slavery where's mm -hmm. the movie about mansa musa right where's the move where's the movie about queen sheba so what we're saying is that all of this hollywood that has went to either movies about slavery or movies about this same, your same story, drug, gun, um, you know, uh, sob story. We're saying we want to pressure these private companies to give the Black Agenda Group uh, money where we are gonna fund positive projects that affect the African-American community. Um, so th that's kind of, you know, the, the, the next steps, but the immediate next steps is to follow up from the rally and to have a conversation about reparations where we have, you know, stakeholders in the room. Um, we may have a public audience, um, but we, you know, kind of do a panel discussion about, uh, reparations and the next steps where we can say, Hey, you know, Keisha Lance Bottoms, um, you know, we, we, this is Wakanda, right? This is what you ran on. Um, so why can't we have a community that is designated to African-American businesses that is designated to African-American, um, education and curriculum that is empowering from that. It doesn't have to be approved on, on the state level. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a civic, a civic push, a public push, and then also, um, you know, really, you know, pushing, pushing with, with private companies. And make sure y'all follow us at the Black Agenda Group. That uh, we spell it regularly, <laughs> and then also um, the Black Agenda Group .com. And then you can follow me at the Hustle Brand T H E H U S T L E B R A N D. All right, brother uh, Will, you want to give out any uh, media, any um, contact information for yourself? Yeah, YouTube is Will Hustle TV on Instagram, Will Hustle TV Reloaded. Uh, and I do want to want to say one other thing I forgot about. Uh, with everything that we got going on and the power that we're doing, we really need to uh, we need to plan the biggest organized boycott ever. Like boycotts, we, we keep forgetting about boycotts. Like boycotts, and I got to say, man, in the streets, right, when you disrespect somebody, like, you can get killed for disrespect. You know what I mean? Well, Roger Goodell, Jerry Jones, y'all been mighty disrespectful. You know what I mean? So are we going to keep wearing your, and going to your games and you keep disrespecting me and my people? You feel what I'm saying? Like, we really need to get some real boycotts. And like, cause like Brother Russell said, it's like we got to keep this pressure going. And I think boycotts is, is really where we need to get. All right. Well, boycotts is a whole conversation, but I just wanted to say, um, and we really didn't talk about it uh, in, at the rally. I, I, I meant to talk about it. But, you know, in addition to HR 40 and SB 1083, uh, Encobra has been working with other people and in other cities as well as states to what we call localizing HR 40. So you actually have a city already, Evanston, Illinois, that's already passed a, a bill for the city to create a reparations commission and to start putting money directly into the hands of the people in their community. 
You also have City of Chicago, which has just set up their reparations committee. Um, they had a few little challenges with the mayor, but they're moving forward with that. And you also have states like California, New York, uh, um, and several other states, Pennsylvania, that are also looking at statewide reparations legislation. So definitely we need to get with Keisha and, and the city council, Brother Miley, who has connections with her and, and others that we have worked with over the years to um, begin to move that forward uh, at the local level in Atlanta. And we can actually begin to get some, some uh, beginning uh, justice around reparations, even in a quicker term than, than, as you mentioned, at the federal level. So at that point, I just want to thank both of you all. Um, want to invite everyone to the INCOBA National Convention. We themed it this year, reparations today, what the youth them say. And the reason why is because we know that it's important to bring young people into this movement and we want to pass the baton on to you to continue this reparations work. So our convention is July 30th through August 1st. It's online. Again, it's July 30th through August 1st. You can go to our website in cobraonline.org. Again, this is Conversation Reparations. I'm your host, Brother Jumoke Ifeitayo. I can be reached locally. Uh, well, we now have uh, our, up to our social media game. So you can reach in Cobra at National in Cobra on Instagram, National in Cobra on Facebook, and National in Cobra at in Cobra 40 on uh, Twitter. And you can reach me at reparationsj at gmail.com. Uh, also at 678-437-7882, 678-437-7882. We thank again our engineer, Brother Scotty Reed, and our guest, Brother Russell uh, Trotter, who was a visionary behind the reparations rally in Atlanta, as well as Will Hustle with his uh, media and as, as part of the Black Agenda group as well. And, and, and Brother Scotty, were you trying to say something in there? Oh, actually, no. Okay, I thought I heard you try to say. All right, again, you've been listening to Conversation Reparations. Conversation Reparations, Conversation Reparations, brought to you by Incobra. We'll see you at our national convention. Still gotta work like a slave just to get paid minimum wage, affirmative action, that's minimum aid. And like an aborted midget, it only lived a short time. Cause they about to take it away with proposition two or nine. I had a nightmare. It was an American train. That's why I don't sleep the middle path.